0: After almost 60 years as a pastor and evangelist, John Carter has touched the lives of millions with honesty and integrity. He is convinced that the answers to all our questions are found in an ancient book. Today, he answers questions that you, his viewers, have asked. John Carter invites you to listen, weigh the evidence, and draw your own conclusions. Welcome to Questions and Answers about divorce, marriage, depression, rebellious kids, religion, and much more.
1: Hello, friend. I'm John Carter. Welcome today to The Carter Report, Part 2. You're going to hear today the voice of my great friend, Wayne Hackett, one of the most recognized voices across the great United States of America. Wayne has been a part of the Carter Report team for many, many years. And today, Wayne, here is a personal welcome to our program today to you and your beautiful wife, Marilyn. Welcome today to the Carter Report, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Carter. I'm happy to present these questions to you from our viewers. Sharon in Manila would like to know more about the gospel. What is it all about?
1: Well, that's true. There's a lot of confusion about all sorts of things. But, you know, a book that helps us to escape the the pit of confusion is right here. It is called the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. Now, the Bible talks a great deal about the gospel. And as you know, the word gospel simply means good news. (laughs) Isn't that good? Good news. Now, I'm going to go to the tremendous book, the fantastic book of Romans. The great preacher Tyndale, the great British reformer, referred to this book as good, glad and merry tidings that makes a man's heart to sing for joy. And his feet to dance. (laughs) Wow. Romans chapter 1, verse 2 says, The gospel, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son. Then it says, Jesus Christ our Lord. The gospel is about God. The gospel is about Christ. The gospel is about Jesus. That's the good news. The good news is not about you. The good news is not about me. There's no good news about this world. The good news, my friend, is about God. What is the gospel? What is the good news? The gospel is this. The God, the creator, Yahweh Elohim, the self-existent God, decided out of sheer grace and love and mercy to become a human being In the person of Christ, he lived among us, lived a sinless life. Then he went to the cross and paid for my sins. And then he rose from the dead and he's going to come back again. That's the gospel. The gospel is not about you. The gospel is not about me. It concerns us, but primarily it's not about us because there's no good news about us. The gospel is about Christ. It's about God. And the gospel tells me this, that Christ has died for you. Christ loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So if if I come to Christ as a penitent sinner and trust in him, I pass from death unto life and my name is written down in glory, I say hallelujah. What do you say, my friend? I come as the leper with all of my filth and all of my sin. I come just as I am. But note this, I don't stay just as I am. The grace of God working through the Holy Spirit changes me so I become a new person. That is the heart and the soul and the essence and the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord.
0: Randall from London is wondering, what kind of future do you see for the church? It seems to be dying out in America, Australia, and Europe.
1: Well, I'd say to you, my friend, don't be deceived by appearances. The true church of the living God will never, never, never die out. And let me remind you of this, that the church at the very end of time, may look a little bit different to the church right now. God has got a church and Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. I don't care where the church is, whether it's in China, where the church is booming and growing and going with the mighty power of God, or whether the church is in the United States of America or Canada, or down in Australia, or across in Europe, or in Great Britain. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Now, let me read you a text. Ah, not Romans, but uh, Revelation. Revelation 7, verse 9. Here it is. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude, that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. This is a picture of the church, the church that is ready when Jesus returns. The Bible says it is a great multitude. I am full of optimism after I read this text. I believe that in the last days, in spite of the powers of hell, in spite of the perversity of human beings, in spite of human ingenuity to try to outwit God, in spite of the devil himself, God is going to have a church which is going to number a great multitude. And by the grace of God, let me tell you something. Don't forget this. There's room for you in the kingdom of God because in the last days, God is going to save a great multitude. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Bill from Cape Town is unsure about the final judgment. How will we be judged?
1: Do I believe in the final judgment? Well, the concept of the judgment is about as unpopular as you can imagine, because wicked people don't want to think that God is going to call them to account. Wicked people don't even want to think that there is a judge. They don't even want to think there's a God. Of course I believe in the final judgment because the Bible teaches the final judgment. I'm going to read you a text out of the Bible. I'm going to come here to the great book of Revelation, chapter 20. I'm trying to get the text. Here it comes. Just be patient with me. Here it is. Verse 11, 2011. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Verse 13, the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades or hell gave up the dead that were in them and each person was, was judged according to what he had done. People say, I'm totally confused now. We're going to be judged by our works? Yeah, you better believe it. I am saved by grace, that's the merit. Saved meritoriously by grace. I am saved instrumentally by faith. Faith is the instrument that reaches out and takes hold of the grace of God. There's no merit in my faith. There's only merit in the grace of God. But I am saved evidentially by works. There are no, there's no merit in human works except that works show whose side you are on. Are you listening to me? You and I are going to be judged according to our works because the works show whether we are genuine or whether we are a bunch of phonies. I'm saved by the blood of Christ. I'm saved by the grace of God. I accept this gift by by faith. But there are a lot of people who talk a lot of religion, my friend. They just talk in religion all the time, but it doesn't mean a thing. The judgment will indicate, the judgment will vindicate the the very process of of how God deals with sin. God is a righteous judge. God is a holy judge. I was talking to a friend of mine, Valino Salazar, over there in Los Angeles some time back, and he said to me, don't forget, the tape recorder is always running. People can run away from God and they can curse and they can swear and they can fornicate and they can tell lies and they can carry on as we see people doing today in the world. But he said, the tape recorder is running. God has a record uh, and this record will come up in a future judgment and the record will show whether I am a child of God or whether I am a child of Satan. Yes, I believe in the justice of God and I believe in the coming kingdom of God and I believe in the judgment and I believe that Christ is my savior.
0: Chris from California thinks the Pope is a breath of fresh air. What are your thoughts on Pope Francis? Do you like the Pope? Do you think he'll be saved and go to
1: heaven? Do I like Pope Francis? (laughs) <laughs> Do I think he's going to be in heaven? Well, he seems to be a nice guy to me. Uh, he's got a nice smile. I like the fact that he doesn't drive around in a huge big limousine. <laughs> Did you know this? He, he, he drives quite often this, this little Fiat car. I don't know how he gets into it. It's just a tiny little Fiat. I think one size bigger than a Bambino drives this thing around, around Rome. Well, that's that's very nice. The Pope, of course, as most people don't know, is a Jesuit. They're probably the smartest people in the Roman Catholic Church. They're very smart people. But when people say, do I think the Pope's going to be in heaven? Well, that's something you ought to be. I think you ought to be talking to God about this one because God is the judge. I can't tell you whether the Pope's going to be in heaven. I can only tell by the grace of God that I will be in heaven if I have come as a penitent sinner to Christ and if I have repented of my sins and I've allowed the Holy Spirit to get inside me and start to change me. That, of course, is the fruitage of salvation. There are going to be lots and lots of wonderful Roman Catholic people in heaven. The Adventist church has got a prophetess by the name of Ellen White and she wrote a book called Great Controversy. And she said the vast majority of God's true children were found in the Roman Catholic Church. So I think there are going to be millions and millions and millions of wonderful Roman Catholic Christians in heaven. I'm not going to try to say this Catholic, this Catholic. No, no, no. I'm not going to say this administers that. No, no, no. I'm going to leave it in the hands of God because God, after all is said and done, is the judge. You and I have never been called to play the part of the judge. God is the judge.
0: Julia from Moscow is looking for your thoughts on the woke movement.
1: What is truth? Well, truth is different to what my opinion is. My opinion, you know, doesn't really count for much. People say, well, i got my opinion and you got your opinion and therefore I've got my truth and you've got your truth. No, I don't, I don't buy into that stuff. I think that's really, I, I'm sorry, but I, I think that's really nonsense. I can have my opinion, but my opinion is, is often different to truth. Truth is truth. The earth is a sphere. That's not my opinion. (laughs) The earth goes around the sun. That is not my opinion. That is the truth. The universe is composed of billions and trillions of suns. Uh, Now we know trillions of great galaxies, some of them much, much bigger than the Milky Way. that's That's a truth. Not my opinion. Now, when we come to spiritual matters, the truth is found in this book, this book, which is called the Holy Scriptures. Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus also said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This contains all the truth we need to know for salvation. Now, about 100 years ago, in the African community in America, uh, they started to talk about woke. People woke. They woke up. They woke up to social injustice. They woke up to racial injustice. And in the last few years, this has become quite a movement in America and, I think, has spread around the world. Most things start in America (laughs) and the rest of the world obediently gets in line. Now there are some good things in woke. I woke up to the fact that I was a sinner. I came to Christ. You woke up? Yeah, I woke up when the Holy Spirit spoke to me. But today it's being stretched in every imaginable way. It's been stretched as far as racism is concerned and Gender equality, and all of those different things. Uh, you have people saying, I, I'm a man, but uh, oh, I woke up and I'm, I'm a woman. <laughs> I believe that God made them male and female in the beginning, but we're not going to get into that now. But woke simply is a, an expression that refers to an awakening. It can be good and it can be bad. And as it is being practiced today on the streets of the United States of America, to me it often seems to be bad. But I believe in the great spiritual awakening when the Spirit of God comes into my life and the Spirit of God shows tells me that I'm a sinner and I come to Christ and I repent of my sins. And I turn away from my sins, and by the grace of God, I start to keep the commandments of God and walk in the way of the truth. That's the awakening I wish for every person, including you, my dear friend.
0: Cindy from Portland is assuming that as a white man, you may not support Black Lives Matter. Is she right?
1: So you're telling me because I'm a An old white man with white hair. Well, not white hair, sort of, just a tinge of (laughs) grey. Because I'm a white person, I'm a racist? No, that's nonsense. Racism is not a matter of the skin. Racism is a matter of the heart. There are white people who are racist. We know this. Yeah, we've had a problem with white racism, but if you go to Africa you'll find there's black racism. What are you going to do with Rwanda, where black people kill more than a a million other black people? Why? Because they belong to a different tribe. Now, that's something most people never hear anything about. I say this. Racism doesn't start with the colour of the skin. It starts with the condition of the depraved human heart. And we need to realise, do I believe that black lives matter? Of course I believe it. Black lives do matter. All lives matter. Coloured lives matter. Asian lives matter. English lives matter. African lives matter. Hey, let's follow the scriptures in this one. I'm going to come over here to uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. This is the answer to racism. You listening? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Hey, you still listening? I believe that every person is made in the image of God. I believe that the black person is made in the image of God. He is a child of God. Christ died for him. I believe that Asian people who look a little different to me are made in the image of God. God is a big God. He's got a big family. I believe that white people and brown people and colored people and black people and Chinese people, go on, are children of God. Let this sink down into your ears. Racism is not so much the problem with the skin, it's the problem with the heart. The great Martin Luther King, the great preacher, Righteousness and racial equality said he he hoped the day would come when people were going to be judged not by the pigmentation or the colour of their skin but by the content of their character. We've gotten away from that. I think Martin Luther would be ashamed of many people today who invoke his name. We get away from racism when we see in every person A child of God, whether he is black, brown, or I don't care what it is, because God made us all. He is our heavenly Father, and Jesus died for us. I believe all lives matter.
0: Tom from Riverside is feeling depressed and beat up. Have you a word from the Lord for him?
1: Well, I guess on occasions we all feel depressed and beat up. This is a tough world. It's not getting, getting any better. You know, I, I get up, I read my Bible, I talk to God in prayer and then, <laughs> maybe it's not a good idea, I catch up on the news. And so sometimes I look a little bit at the news to see what's going on around the world. I don't want to be so heavenly minded that I'm of no earthly use. And so I turn on a little bit of television, I may get CNN or Fox and, you know, ad nauseum, it goes on. If you don't have God in your life, you're going to be depressed. You look at the situation in China, the situation in Taiwan, the situation in in India, which is having a meltdown because of this awful pandemic. We think of the around 600,000 of our brothers and our sisters who, who died in America. Goodness. We go to church and we sing the hymn, This is My Father's World. Hey, often doesn't seem to be like that. But listen to me. We are not. judge according to appearances Jesus said Jesus said don't judge according to appearances it's not what it appears to be in spite of appearances there is far more good in the world than there is evil because it is true this is my father's world he is still in charge he hasn't walked off the throne and said hey devil take it over No, he's still in charge. And he's working all things according to his will. I want to be in the will of God. I am so glad that I'm a Christian, that I believe in Christ. I would suggest to you, if you're feeling down and depressed, to realize this, you're special. There's nobody like you. Jesus Christ. Died for you. He would have died for you if you'd been the only one lost soul. You say, I can't believe it. Well, start to believe it. You're made in the image of God. Christ died for you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. Go get your Bible. Read Romans 8, 28 to 39. Let me say it again. Read Romans 8, 28 to 39. I'd read it to you now if I had time, but you can read it. Just go get your Bible. Go get this power of God inside you. Romans 8, 28 to 39. All things are working together for my good. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. And there's something else. Jesus is coming to clean up the mess. Hey, Yes, Jesus is coming to clean up the mess. He said... Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, here it is. I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. The King is coming. So my friend, it, it, is, it is not the outlook that counts. It is the uplook. And the uplook is bright with the promises of God. Today, we send you love and greetings and the blessings of God from the Carter Report. Bye for now.
0: Thank you, Pastor Carter, for your answers to some really tough questions. And to our viewers, Thank you, for your questions and your support. You can now stay in touch with the Carter Report by using the mobile app. The latest Carter Report programs will be at the top. Select one and press watch. Scroll up through the topics. Find a topic you like and then scroll to the left to select a program to play. Tap on that program to watch. Now you can enjoy hundreds of Carter Report programs on your phone or tablet. In each program, Pastor Carter will teach you more about your walk with Christ. We have six channels. Our most recent is Focus on Prophecy. We also have Carter Classics, Ask John Carter a Question, The Carter Report in Action, The Living Word, and Carter Report Espanol. You may want to search for something specific. On the top of the screen is a magnifying glass icon. Tap it and type the subject you're looking for. Then tap on the lesson. You'll see three menu bars in the upper left-hand corner. Tap the bars to open a menu of additional items to select. If you'd like to partner with us, you can find our donation page An arrow in the upper left-hand screen will take you back to the screen you were at before. Like anything new worth finding, it takes a bit of exploration. You will tap and swipe your finger across, above, and below topics, programs, arrows, and icons. Eventually, you'll be very familiar with the Carter Report mobile app, all from your favorite chair. Enjoy the Carter Report anytime, anywhere on the Carter Report mobile app. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.